putting up firewalls around our DNA is the topic of this cellular healing TV. What does that even mean, putting firewalls up? Well, look, I, without creating too much attention, um, a lot's happened this year. Now you know what I'm talking about. But what effect is it having on our DNA, even the recommended solutions? Well, look, this topic has been an area of research for me and my doctors as we look to protect ourselves right now. But this is our guest's area of research as well. So we're putting it all together. And you're going to hear some things that we need to do to protect our DNA. And by the way, this isn't, this isn't just protecting us. It is protecting generations uh, to come. Very, very interesting topic that I think everybody, honestly, right now, really needs to hear. We are at threat. We really are. And without saying why and how, I think you'll gather that through this episode. And I think it's very relevant to what's going on right now. I want to give thanks to one of our sponsors, Cyto Defend. Look, at a time like this, I think that our immune system and keeping our immune system up right now is more important than ever. I can also tell you that I pay attention to the things that keep my immune system on par and healthy. So, so glad that Cyto Defend is one of our sponsors here on Cell TV. And it's a product that I use, my family uses, and hopefully you'll check it out. And by the way, you can check it out with the link right here below. If you want to try a free bottle, you can actually get a free bottle. Just pay the shipping. And I think you'll reorder after that. But check it out. If you're listening to this podcast and want to access the amazing CytoDefend product Dr. Pompa just mentioned, please visit freeimmunity.com. Again, that's freeimmunity.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cellular Healing TV. I'm Ashley Smith, and today we welcome back one of our most popular guests, Spencer Feldman. Now, we live in a time where we're surrounded by factors that can damage our DNA, and Spencer is here to share his latest research on ways in which we can enhance the body's natural ability to protect our genes. So this is a topic that's more important than ever, so I can't wait to hear all about this. So Let's give a welcome to Spencer Feldman and, of course, Dr. Pampa. Welcome, both of you. Spencer, Pampa. nice nice to have you. We were joking before we came on which one of us was the bigger nerd and, uh, you know, that we get into these topics and we can't keep our mouth shut and we just rattle on because we want to talk about the science. I promise you, folks, we're not going to bore you in the science. Sci uh, the science. However, I blamed him for diving too deep into the science. So if it, if it happens, it's his fault, I promise you. No, I love this guy, I do. Um, because when he takes a deep dive, <laughs> he takes a deep dive and uh, we can get lost in it. But you know, this topic, gosh, is it relevant right now? I mean, when you look at what's happened in the last year or so, my gosh, the amount of stressors we're under, I mean, I. I can think of so many ways that our DNA right now is under attack. I, I can think of so many ways, you know, that we as a human need to be concerned, or I should say that reasons that we need to be concerned. And this show is digging into some of your research and I'll share some of mine too. By the way, uh, me, uh, you know, coaching my doctors 
this, these topics have been brought up again and again on our training calls because they are concerned as I am. Um, we all are concerned about some of the topics that we're hearing you know, more and more, even on mainstream media, if, as far as you know, how we can be um, under attack at the cellular level. And we're concerned, all of us are. So this show is about what can we do. Uh, Spencer, you've been diving in, man. Uh, let's, let's just bring it. <laughs> let's bring it. What do we need to do? Right yeah, now? thanks. Thanks, Dr. Pompa. You know, um, we're not just looking to protect our own genetics. We're looking to protect future generations. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's something that uh, we definitely need to start thinking about. So, agreed, uh, in our current environment, there are a lot of things that are uh, challenging to our genetic integrity. <clears throat> so, I wanted to know what I could do my, for myself, for my friends, for my family. Mm -hmm. And as I'm going through the research and as I'm <clears throat> thinking about, you know, what I would want to create, uh, I came up with five firewalls, I'd say a good way of phrasing it, things that we can put between ourselves and a bad genetic outcome mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, to protect the, the, the genes that God gave us the way, yes. the way that God gave it to them, you know? Um, right. Yeah. So uh, the, you know, it's, it's estimated that a strand of DNA in an average human cell goes through something like um, 100,000 bits of damage a day. And this is um, from endogenous oxidants like superoxides and environmental chemicals and even sunburns. But we're still here, you know, cancer, even though it does uh, end up taking a lot of lives, um, is not something that kills everybody. And when it does, it's usually, you know, at a later point in their life. So clearly, even though our genes are constantly being uh, stressed and damaged, we have a very robust genetic repair system that God gave us. Uh, it, so the question I have is what can we do to work with what God gave us to work with that genetic repair system to, uh, enhance it, to support it in the times that we are now live in. And so, uh, I'd like to talk about, um, the, what I call the first firewall. Um, so the most effective animal that I've come across, and I, I like to go to animals and plants because uh, you know, they deal with some of the same issues that we do. They, plants and animals have to deal with viruses and fungi and bacteria and parasites and cancer. And sometimes they have a better idea than we do on how to do it. And we can learn from them. So in the animal world, um, the most uh, ants have what are considered to be some of the most efficient uh, genetic repair systems known. And there was a a famous German doctor named Hans Niebuhr, who really started looking into ants. Now, ants have been, uh, ant extracts have been used in Chinese medicine for millennia, but uh, Hans Niebuhr kind of went at it from his scientific angle, and he identified this compound called um, Uh It's a dialdehyde, and, you know, the aldehyde groups are basically alcohols uh, with the hydrogen removed, and so he identified that it was the uh, dialdehyde Iridoidal that was responsible for this fantastic capacity. How do you spell it? How do you spell that? I R I D O D I A L. Got it. Right. And that was what was responsible for the black, for the ants' spectacular capacity to uh, re repair DNA. I heard it once said that 
uh, ants don't even have an immune system. They just repair their DNA so fast, it doesn't matter. Now, I don't know if that's true or hyperbole, but it's, it's an interesting concept, you know, that being able to repair your DNA is, um, is vitally important. And the ants have figured out how to do it. So uh, the first firewall I would say would be uh, to, uh, to support the body's ability to repair its own DNA. And I would consider using an ant extract. Interesting. Um, you, you said an ant extract. We can actually get an ant extract that's um, on the market. <laughs> Sure, sure. Like I said, um, the Chinese, in Chinese medicine, uh, ants, ants are considered one of their uh, top uh, medical, uh, top therapies, top protocols, top supplements. You know, they have it broken down into things that are great and good and okay. And, you know, the, the really super ones, uh, ants fall into that category. So aridotol, um, is that what you said? Aridotol, right. But the easiest, the easiest thing to do is simply to... Um, you, you don't have to necessarily spend the money on the extract. You can uh, purchase ant uh, powder and it's bitter. Um, if you mix it with something sweet, it's like a little bit like bitter chocolate. It's not bad. Huh, interesting. Um, and it, do you need a lot of it or are you microdosing it? Oh no, you're, I mean, yeah, you, you'd wanna be not microdosing it. You wanna be taking it in you know um, milligram to gram levels. Uh, the other thing is, Ants, I believe, have a lot of ATP in them. So if you do take ant extract, uh, you may notice um, a lot more endurance. I certainly do. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Wow. Okay. That's a very unique ingredient, right? And um, so uh, um, because it's from ants, I mean, I, I'm just, have you ever tested it? I mean, you, like me, are, you know, very uh, cautious of heavy metals. Um, well, if anything it comes from China, I'm always cautious, but uh, have you tested it? Um, yeah, I mean, you certainly um, want to get something from a, a reputable place with uh, honest COAs, uh, certificate of analyses. Yeah. Uh, the, um, there are things out of Asia that you can get if you don't have good connections, uh, where it might be sitting on a dock for a long time and getting moldy. Um, so indeed, uh, any think that you're getting you want to test but i would say that, that is true for anything from anywhere now because no matter where you're sourcing it it's probably coming from china yeah yeah no i that's why we test everything i test everything now um is there a way to test the active ingredient um you know in this case the era doidal uh can you test it there, i'm sure there is it's beyond my capacity but i'm yeah. sure there is a way to do that but it's in, but it's in every ground up ant, as yeah. you would say, every ant powder is going to have it in it, no matter what. Right. So, you know, you may not get it to the um, concentration as if someone did a, a, some kind of uh, extraction, but you're certainly going to get it. Okay. Interesting. Um, has there been any studies on this? You know, if we take an ant, um, we take the ant powder um, and utilize it have there been any in vitro studies with DNA, you know, DNA repair in vitro? Um, what's been done? That's a great question. I haven't done a deep dive on PubMed in terms of ant extracts. Uh, I don't, I would not be surprised if there aren't a lot of studies on ants because the Chinese are also doing studies on to validate their own pharmacopoeia. I don't know if they would have done anything specifically about DNA. Uh, we're kind of relying on Hans Nieper's original work on this one. Okay. All right. 
Okay. All right. That's the first one. We're going. To, are we going to two? All right. Number two. Now I'm going to say this right now because people are going. I don't want you people to stop listening. You actually uh, put a product together. I believe they can pre-order it now. Ashley will put a link to do that. But you put a product together with all of these firewalls, correct? Yes. Uh, for all of the uh, ingredients that I'm going to talk to you about, talk with you about today, and the firewalls that I consider them to be part of, uh, we do have all of that in one particular product called Regenamin. Okay. Um, but you know, most of these ingredients you can also source locally if you like. Okay, great. All right, yeah, awesome. So whether you, you find it yourself or uh, um, you know get pre-order the product, awesome. Which again, I, I'm interested in the topic, um, and I think that even by putting some aspect of some of these ingredients together, I, I think it's very wise. And like I said, I said I'm going to share some of the things that I've been doing personally for this protection myself. Mm. Um, in these days, but go ahead, let's go to two. Okay, uh, so the second one would be gene silencing. <clears throat> now, um, no doubt you've heard the term gain of function on uh, being spoken of. Well, gene silencing is the opposite. Gene silencing is loss of function. It's how you take a function away from something. It's the process the body uses to turn off genes. Now, Usually it's just there to keep uh, genes from producing the wrong proteins. And what I mean by this is the same DNA, you know, the same DNA is in a bone cell as in a skin cell. All the information is in both cells, but the bone cell makes bone proteins and the skin cell makes skin proteins. And that's because the DNA is only activated as it's needed for the particular cell it finds itself in. And part of this has to do with gene silencing. <clears throat> it's how the the system organizes itself. Uh, but uh, the other thing gene silencing can do is it can keep uh, the bad genes from making damaging proteins. Yeah. So if there's a gene that um, either gets into the body uh, or uh, a gene that goes wrong, either way, if we have genes in our bodies that are creating proteins that we don't want, then we need to know how to, you know, interact with the creation of those proteins, maybe so they don't happen in the first place. So what, by the way, uh, I, I think that's one of the untalked, unspoken, untalked about benefits of fasting. Mm. You get gene silencing. You know, we hear about triggering the CERT1 gene that's turning on a gene for longevity. Uh, we hear, you know, about the benefits of autophagy, getting rid of bad cells, but we rarely hear about gene silencing, which there's so much research on fasting and that is part of the magic is mm. genes bad things get turned off and down regulated and that's called yeah. gene sciencing so yeah there's a lot of strong research the importance of this is huge absolutely um gene silencing is an enormously complicated uh process i, I showed you that huge book i'd gone through on it was just part of it um we, so we must have hit a, a really important point there because i heard the rooster crow so <laughs> yeah i met my country home Okay. So uh, two places where gene silencing can happen are at the transcriptional and the translational and the translational levels. Another really important point. We're going to go with that. Go ahead. <laughs> right. So uh, uh, gene silencing at a transcriptional level would be uh, the DNA doesn't get to the point where it opens up and then goes and creates the RNA that makes the protein. That that would be transcriptional gene silencing. Mm -hmm. Translational gene silencing. Translational gene silencing is 
okay, the DNA has opened, the, um, the RNA has been formed, but it doesn't uh, make it to the ribosomes uh, in the cytoplasm or the endoplasmic reticulum to make the proteins. Now, there are other gene silencing pathways, but that's just to give you an, an example of how important a process this is for the body that, gives, that it gives you multiple ways to do the same thing. It's a, it's a highly redundant system because it's a very important system. And it's, not, it's important not just so that a bone cell is a bone cell and a, and a skin cell is a skin cell. Uh, it's important also so that when uh, viruses come into us and want to hijack us to make uh, proteins that they think uh, we should have or more of their own viruses, that our body can be like, well, no, I, I, don't, I don't want to produce that right now. Thank you. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, a major player in gene silencing is methylation. Uh, and methyl, uh, a methyl group is uh, a carbon and three hydrogens that gets attached to something. And, you know, it, it's responsible for how our neurotransmitters function. And it's, it's a hugely important process inside the body, putting on and, and taking off methyl groups. And about half of us are what are called undermethylators. Yeah. Uh, whereas another 10% of us might be considered overmethylators. And this has to do in part with genetic flaws like the MTHFR, uh, SNPs, the uh, single nucleotide polymorphisms in our genes. So if you've ever done a 23andMe uh, test or, or genetic test, uh, you, might, you might find that you have an MTHFR uh, issue and that would be the methylation pathway. So as an example, genetically, the whole species has pretty much lost the ability to make vitamin C, uh, but in terms of methylation, about half of us are not doing the methylation properly. So, you know, you can't just give somebody a bunch of trimethylglycine and ramp up, you know, their, their methylation or uh, maybe some methylfolate because it's not going to work for everyone. Um, for the overmethylators, you might make them worse, right? Uh, so, you know, what we really want is something that will balance the methylation pathway so that the gene silencing is at its most efficient. So what we want is a methylation adaptogen. And uh, for that, um, I use curcumin. You can also use lutein, but um, I use curcumin for that because curcumin has multiple uses in this particular uh, firewall system I'm putting together. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, it, you know, makes sense. And I've read uh, similar research about curcumin. So, mm -hmm. all right, third one. Well, hang on. So one last thing about the gene silencing. Um, so we... Methylation, among other things, is also used to detoxify certain metals and certain chemicals like uh, glyphosate and parabens, for example, right? So if we have a load of chemicals and or metals in our body, then we are wasting what methylation we have on detoxification, then there's going to be less available for gene silencing. Yeah, it's so, called the, the methylation priority principle. You'll prioritize methyl groups because it's so important even it activates cortisol. So people that are very stressed in any aspect, physically, chemically, or emotionally, they take methyl groups to deal with that stress. And then it leaves DNA vulnerable. Mm, yeah, yeah. So what we can do is we can do some kind of detox. Um, you know, we make uh, metacardib and Xenoplex to support metal and chemical detoxification. But whatever detox you do, if you're going to kind of follow this five firewall uh, concept protocol, um, it's important that we do uh, that we that our methyl pathways are not being 
overworked by uh, with other things like detox that are easily dealt with with other simple protocols. I agree. All right, let's get to the third firewall. Um, so when the Human Genome Project was uh, finished in, I think, what, April 2003, mm -hmm. uh, scientists, you know, uh, were in for a shock. Uh, you know, they reported that 98% of the human genome did not code for making proteins. And so they said, well, this um, non-protein coding DNA is junk DNA. It serves no purpose. We're full Wrong. of junk DNA. Wrong. Yeah, yeah. So clearly, clearly that's not accurate. We now know that um, a lot of that DNA has a regulatory capacity, right? But having said that, there is, or there is a theory that says that there still is a lot of junk DNA in the human DNA. Now, I know some people will say there's no junk DNA. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a point for, you know, of, of, uh, this is something that people don't, aren't agreed upon, yeah. but a lot of people would say in the, in the scientific community that there's an awful lot of DNA that we don't know what it does. And we think it's leftovers of old viral infections that got into the DNA and then got silenced, right? But couldn't be removed. So this may be the fate of viruses that get in the body is able to silence them, keeps them from doing, causing any problems, but just can't kick them out of the library. Okay. okay. Now, um, let's. Some people, you know, it's estimated now that maybe eighty percent of our DNA is this kind of viral leftover material that we just can't get rid of, but it's not causing us too much problems. That doesn't mean it's causing us no problems. Yeah. Um, now, take a look at something like Utricularia gibba, or the common name is the Venus flytrap that's only 3% of what's considered junk DNA. So the Davinus flytrap plant has figured out how to remove code from its DNA that doesn't belong there. They're, they're the, like the ants are the, are the superstars, are the, are the superheroes of the, um, genet uh, the genetic repair world. Uh, the Venus flytrap is the superstar of removing this non-coding and what some would call junk DNA. Okay. So uh, the third firewall could be to support the body's ability to remove bits of genetic code completely right out of the gene. And what we could do for that would be something like the, the Venus flytrap. Yeah, and, and I think this subject is pretty deep today um, without mentioning things because there's a lot of ways that we're given these codes, if you will, right? Um, taking them in, even unintentionally taking them in. Um, I mean, this is something that's in the science. It's not my opinion, right? I mean, we know that there's, um, you know, terms for sharing these things. Um, you know, there's always been a concern uh, with this, right? When some, someone gets a treatment, they can actually, you know, share some of that virus with other people. Right, I mean, that's been a term in science for a long time. Uh, I think the word was shedding uh, that has been used. So I think there's a lot of concern about that. So uh, Venus flytrap um, obviously can, can help with this. You know, it's funny because Venus flytrap is also an anti-pathogen. Uh, people use it for, um, I think, viruses in particular, right? Just getting rid of viruses if you're exposed. So obviously it's part of its action regardless because people take it if they feel like they're getting sick. Right, and so that takes us back to is what it's doing 
going after the virus and or going after the code that the virus puts in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we're being careful with our words, but uh, yeah, I think it's very relevant right now. Anyway, so we better get to number four before I get this thing whole shut down. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, uh, so the fourth firewall um, is uh, the self-destruct signal for infected cells. Now, uh, if a bad code gets inserted into the genes and starts pumping out damaging proteins or other versions of the virus, the cell is supposed to take one for the team and hit the self-destruct button. And uh, that's through the P53 gene. And so uh, this process is called apoptosis or apoesis, depending on where you went to medical school. <clears throat> and it's the process where the cell literally digests everything inside of itself, turns to goo, and just self-destructs. Yeah. <clears throat> now, the problem is that the herpes family of viruses, and that's herpes, and it's not just general herpes, it's also oral herpes, which most people I think have, you know, uh, chickenpox, Epstein-Barr, uh, mono, cytomegalovirus, these are all <clears throat> in the herpes family. So a lot of us have uh, been exposed to a virus that can damage the P53 gene, which is the very gene responsible for apoptosis or the self-destruct signal. <clears throat> So what we need is something that can uh, support the, uh, the self-destruct apoptosis signal so that these so cells that uh, get overwhelmed and start making these bad, um, these damaging proteins can be shut down, right? Just mm -hmm. shut it down, right at, right at this, right, just turn the whole cell off. Now, there is a, one of my favorite ingredients is elagitanin. And uh, elagitanin is known to uh, support the apoptotic cycle. So supporting healthy apoptosis with elagitanin is what I would call the fourth firewall. Now, um, like a lot of uh, the uh, compounds that I'm sharing with you today, a lot of these work on multiple, multiple pathways, right? So you mentioned that uh, venous flytrap may also be antiviral. Uh, well, um, uh, elagitanin uh, supports, uh, sorry, elagitanin uh, has been shown to um, inhibit integrase, which is the enzyme a lot of viruses need to enter the cell. So again, you know, I'm simplifying it, but a lot of these um, ingredients were chosen because they actually work on multiple simultaneous pathways uh, to support our health in this particular endeavor. Elagitanin. So um, am I spelling it correctly? Give me a spelling on it first off. E, yeah, sure. It's, it's what's found in the raspberry extracts, okay. um, maple blue leaf. Uh, so it's E-L-L-A-G-I-T-A-N-I-N. Yeah, got it. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, I, again, multiple um, positive effects on the immune system with that, right? Mm -hmm. But um, I think, like I said, uh, the specifically around apoptosis is, I, I think you're right. I can see that being huge. All right. Yeah, I mean, for each of these firewalls, there were, there were a few different ingredients I could have picked. And when I would look at each of them, I would say, okay, of these five or so ingredients that right. might do any particular job, which ones will blend well and, and work as backup synergistically with all the other ones we're using? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, the fifth firewall has to do with T regulatory cells. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> um, one of the ways in, okay, uh, if a damaged gene direct cells to make rogue proteins that are similar to proteins that are already in our body. I'll say it again. 
if damaged genes direct our cells to produce rogue proteins that are similar to proteins that are already in our body, Got it. then we risk systemic autoimmune reactions. That's right. Okay. Which, by the way, is a concern of many scientists today, yeah. of everything that's going on. Now, the body has the ability to clear out rogue proteins, mm -hmm. but it takes time. It takes time to recognize that the proteins are there and figure out how to deal with them. So it's important to keep the immune system in balance during this critical learning phase while the body is recognizing, hey, I've got some bad genes. How do I silence them? How do I remove them? How, uh, how do I destroy the cells that are, that are overly, that are, that are a lost cause? You know, while, how do I break down these rogue proteins? While this whole process is happening, we wanna make sure that our immune system keeps its cool, stays calm, doesn't freak out. Because if it freaks out, if it sees these proteins as a big threat and they're like the proteins in our body, that's a hard thing to walk back. It's hard to undo an auto yeah. systemic autoimmune reaction. Mm -hmm. Ask anyone who's got a chronic autoimmune disease. Oh yeah. Right? So what we need to do is we need to give the, immune, give the body time to work it out. Each of these firewalls is designed to slow this process down so that we have the time our bodies have the time to learn how to mount their own intelligent defense mm. on to what they're dealing with, okay? So the immune system, like the genetics, have multiple redundant systems. The one I'm gonna talk about is the T regulatory cells. Mm -hmm. Now, these are a class of, uh, uh, of lymphocytes, T cells means they're coming from the thymus, right? Give yourself a little thymus mm -hmm. thump. Um, yeah. uh, this is a subset of lymphocytes that suppress uh, inflammatory cytokines and, uh, and will create things that will calm the, calm the system down. Now there's a, a lot of things out there that um, suppress T regulatory cells on purpose. There are technologies that are designed specifically to lower the T regulatory cells so that you do have an aggressive response to something. We wanna do the opposite. We want to raise and support and up, uplift our T regulatory cells so that they can keep our immune system balanced while this process plays out and our body learns how to handle it. Um, so um, the now curcumin, which we talked about in the second firewall of gene silencing, it supports healthy Tbeg cells, right? So there is a, a multiple purpose, but uh, the one that I think is best for it is astragalus. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, astragalus is my go-to for um, getting the T regular secretory cells to, uh, to support them in a healthy manifestation. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Ab absolutely. Yeah, uh, T-reg cells, I always say, just tell your immune system, back up. It's, a, it's okay. It's okay, right? Yeah. And a, a lot of people have gut challenges, struggle with a bacteria called Bacteroides fragilis that you need that bacteria to actually make T-reg cells. Interesting. So, yeah, so if we don't have enough of fragilis, uh, then we won't have enough T-regs. So that's the gut connection oftentimes wow. autoimmune through T-regulatory cells. Amazing. Yeah. So. Now, uh, as a note, T-reg cells are at their lowest for women uh, during the luteal phase of their cycle, which is when they, if they have PMS, it's right there, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> that's their lowest point and that's when they're the most inflamed. So that's a time when mm -hmm. uh, women would meet, need to be especially supported 
uh, if they're dealing with this kind of situation. So uh, we have a product that we're coming out with called Regenamin, which has all the ingredients we've discussed for all these firewalls. Uh, and if that's something that you uh, want to, to get for yourself, you know, you can, but I've also given you all the ingredients so you can certainly do that for yourself. Um, the only one that might be a little tricky to find would be Vita Flytrap. But I'm curious, you mentioned uh, off camera a little while ago, some other ingredients that you know, uh, we might add to the formula. Uh, what yeah. kind of things would you put in for something like this? Yeah, you know, again, it came out of a lot of our discussions um, with our doctor group. How do we protect ourselves, right, in this environment? And yeah, you know, obviously you, you know, talked a little bit about um, you know, suppression, right? Gene suppression and um, uh, took me into an area of research on, you know, messenger RNA decay. We want to knock down oftentimes these uh, messenger uh, messages that are coming in, right? And we want to diminish that so we don't keep our body our immune system making certain things. I'm being very vague on purpose. Um, anyways, and so as practitioners, we are concerned about that even for our own protection one of the some of the research that i found is iodine um, has an incredible um, effect on that and so does quercetin and zinc especially in that combination um, i think a lot of people are taking um, zinc right now quercetin allows zinc to penetrate into the cell much better affect the dna much better so it would be perfect for this formula Quercetin, um, again, um, it suppresses um, microRNA. Um, it, it helps the decay. Um, gosh, if I had my notes in front of you, I could even, I'll send you some of the studies that I found on it. But um, I think even Ashley has them because we put together um, a protocol. But um, yeah, it's um, just, I think, adding that to what you have. Um, maybe in uh, Formula Two, right? <laughs> you know, I, I think you're in production here, but um, would be a group. People can do that right away, I think, and, and add some of this DNA protection. You know, and, and again, right now, I, you know, I think there's a lot of stress on our DNA. You know, you look at Lipton's work um, where we're talking about um, how our thoughts can change our DNA and therefore the proteins we make or not make. And therefore, if we change the proteins, we change who we are, who we become from right. the immune system all the way through, you know, to here we are as a load of proteins, right? Um, no more, I and mean, we think about the stress that human has been under on this planet in the last year, right? Um, obviously, there's multiple ways that our DNA is under attack, some of which we can talk about, some of which we shouldn't, you know, and, but the bottom line is, I, I hope people see the underlying importance of the research you've done here. Uh, I sure do, because this has been a topic with my doctor group in big time. And I think people need to pay attention to this topic. You may not understand the science completely, folks, but I assure you, um, it's beyond you. Uh, Spencer, you pointed it out in the beginning. We're talking about future generations here, right? We're talking about when we look back um, in times in history, uh, we realize that stressors, affect DNA. Chernobyl affected generations of people in certain areas that's still being affected. Uh, bacteria adapt very quickly, humans adapt much slower, right? So um, I, I think we need to just pay attention to uh, this time in history, you know, and really act accordingly 
And I think the people that do, I think are going to be in the best position. You know, I look at everything, Spencer, is how can I position my thought pattern uh, to take, because we can't change our situation, but we can change how we think about it, how we react to it, right? And my goal throughout this whole time in history, you know, has really been to take advantage in a good way so I can affect others in a positive way, take advantage of the, the stress and the stressors in the situation and really um, take my health to another level, take advantage of it just from a, a thought process, um, even from a financial process in the sense that, you know, every time there's a hard time in history, you know, people that go, huh, this is an opportunity. And they step in and they change the world for good. And that's been my intention since the beginning of this. But I think this whole topic that we're talking about takes that intention uh, to a, a level of health and generational that we need to pay attention to. So thank you for this information. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Dr. Powell. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we can, uh, we will put a link for you um, to pre-order the product. People like it when they don't have to go and buy a bunch of different things in a lot of different places. And I know you, like me, you test the ingredients. So we're proud. Yeah, everything is, every, everything is tested twice yeah. before yeah. it goes out the door. I'm always proud to carry any product you develop because I know who you are, man. So uh, we appreciate that. And we will absolutely share the link with our viewers. Thank you, Spencer. Thanks, Dr. Pump. Have a great day. Yep. Hey, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Cyto Detox. Look, podcasts cost money. There's a lot of production uh, going around this, but uh, we are grateful to have Cyto Detox as one of the sponsors. It's so easy for me to talk about the product because myself and my family use it constantly as we practice what I preach for over 15 years. I've talked about and taught doctors and the public about cellular detox. And I'll tell you, Cyto was a breakthrough. Cyto was a breakthrough for us. Um, and it's changed so many lives. So we're grateful that they sponsor Cellular Healing TV. It makes sense, doesn't it? They should. If you're listening to this podcast and want to access the amazing Cyto Detox product Dr. Pompa just mentioned, please visit detoxoffer.com. Again, that's detoxoffer.com. Well, that's it for this week. The materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you would like to purchase some of the supplements mentioned on this show, please visit the site as seen on chtv.com and use the code chtv15 for 15% off. Again, that's as seen on chtv.com. Use the code chtv15 for 15% off. And as always, thanks for listening.